You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Giga! Thank you for coming so quickly. What do you need this time, Doza? More last-minute repairs? Well, I know I've been calling on you quite often of late, old friend, but these are desperate times. What is it? Pirates? Saboteurs? The Platform Classic. Uh, what about it? The Classic is a chance to bring much-needed money to our economy. The prize is 100,000 credits. The Aces will be in it, of course, but this time I wanted to make it bigger than ever. So I'm calling on you, Yeager. The best of the best. Sorry. My racing days are long over. I knew you'd say that. But I also know you could never resist competing with a legend. It's been a long time. I'm sure I don't have to introduce famous sky racer Marcus Speedstar, three-time winner of the Five Sabres. Whoa, Marcus Speedstar? I can't believe it. Hard to believe it's been almost 10 years, Jarek. Wait, you know Marcus Speedstar? Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, rebels and Imperials, technological terrors and fantastic creatures legends so great you won't believe them but it's true all of it so what are you waiting for strap in and get ready to make the jump with rebel cells the star wars animation podcast Hello, and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Star Wars Resistance episode, The Platform Classic. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Crinky. Yes, yes, I am here, Mike. I am. I, it's Monday. Yeah. Uh, back to the grind. Yeah. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a week off last week. And- nice. Thanksgiving over here in the in the uh, states gained a few pounds. Um, <laughs> uh, shed it this week, but uh, other than that, hey, good to be back talking some uh, some Star Wars, man. Awesome, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, I don't. Every week we we love to talk about news and and mm-hmm. whatever Star Wars news be out there, whether it be animation or movies or whatever. But yeah. there is absolutely nothing going on right now. Well, actually, no. Actually, Mike, did you know that? Um, George Lucas is actually filming a Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. (laughs) I did see these stupid reports. And um, uh, how do I put this lightly? Uh, How do I put this properly? Um, Look, you guys know, uh, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, the only thing I want in this world 
is an <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi trilogy, right? Yeah. Um, I think I want this movie as much as anybody else in the world wants this movie. And uh, I'll say with a certainty, this isn't happening. I. <laughs> uh, I think that this guy who made this, who who like made this comment, and these, that these all these reports are coming off of, I think he doesn't understand that George Lucas doesn't make Star Wars anymore. Uh, I I think that he doesn't that maybe he heard that Obi Wan Kenobi has something to do with it, and so he's just going off of, you know, it's just like it's a rumor on top of misinformation on top of our stupid 24 hour news cycle. And like what's, what's happening here. It's a slow news week. There's nothing else to talk about. So this one obnoxious story is getting blown way out of proportion. Um, I don't, I don't think that this is anything. I I'll be very surprised if this turns out to be um, a real report. And this is an actual movie that's happening. Um, I'll be grateful. I'll be thankful. I mean, like how amazing would it be if George Lucas came back to do an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, but it's so unlikely he's got his own stuff to deal with. Um, I think what's more likely is that somebody just got confused about a few details, said something to the wrong person in the press and they've, everybody's run with it. Now it's on the, it's on the cycle and, and everybody's out there doing the thing. Right. But, um, I think I think I think that that in reality nothing is happening. I mean things are happening behind the scenes and stuff like that right now. But nothing there's nothing actively going on because they're going quiet. So the last time that they went quiet and Cassie pointed this out on one of her episodes of Forces of Destiny recap um that it went really quiet and then we got a whole bunch of 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 news dropped and and the Cassian Andor thing was in there and and all that stuff with the Bob Iger chat right um, and then the following I mean like last not last week the week before I guess at like the end of the week before we got all that Galaxy's Edge news um, with that piece of music and everything oh right 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 yeah. so we didn't really talk about that last week but but uh, that happened um, and and so like this week nothing zip nada. And I think it'll probably be the same for the next week. And then you know what we're going to get? You know what we're going to get? First Me? week of December. We're going to get a teaser and we're going to get the title. <laughs> I like. <laughs> Fingers crossed, yes. I think I think it's pretty safe. I think it's pretty safe to say that in the first two weeks of December, we're getting that. Um they got. They have to. Like they have to. They have to start. We're a year out, um, which is nice. It's nice to think that we're a year out from another Star Wars movie. Um, mm. It's been noticeable that there's no Star Wars movie this holiday season. Um, we got two episodes of Star Wars Resistance left, and then uh, and then and then we're into the then we're into the dead zone around Christmas. And I think what better way to leave the oh, fans man. going into the Christmas holidays than with the title maybe a character reveal or two because when they did the initial title reveal for the force awakens we got the force awakens title and then a little while later we got the teaser and then pretty soon after the teaser if not like maybe the same day as the teaser or maybe we got the teaser in the evening and then the next day we got the character cards 
right? The trading cards that revealed Poe's name and then it revealed Ray and Finn and, and whatnot. And then all of a sudden we knew all the characters' names, right? So I could see them doing something similar. I could see us getting the title and a teaser and nice little, a nice little amuse-bouche uh, yeah. to, to keep us satiated until we come back in January with more Star Wars resistance, which I think that the second half of the season is going to really ramp towards the force awakens. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, like that'll bring us up to, um, Star Wars celebration in April where we'll get the full trailer, what they will call the first real teaser. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, we'll get that. We'll get our first full teaser trailer, um, like three minute teaser trailer. And then we'll get, we'll probably get another clone wars trailer. We will probably get a season two resistance trailer. It's amazing how much stuff we've got to talk about. Um, and we'll probably, I think we'll probably get our first real look at the Mandalorian in action. Um, and and in between, I like we will probably get some some snippets of news about casting and because remember that we haven't gotten any official casting news from Lucasfilm about the Mandalorian. Oh, oh right, I mean yeah, it's true. Like all those things. I thought the Carano thing was was legit, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's just on the same line as no. Uh, we style, yeah just, yeah we we know. We know some of this stuff because a Variety reported it, and and um, or Variety or the Hollywood Reporter, I don't remember, but um, one of the, one of those two, which is pretty reputable, right? So, like I said in those episodes when we were talking about that stuff, I'm I'm inclined to believe it because like those are reputable sources, but that it doesn't change the fact that we still haven't gotten an official press release from Lucasfilm about this stuff. So they still have lots and lots and lots to talk about, but. Um, but they're oddly silent, even though they have so much to talk about right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's because they're just like they're letting it sort of breathe for a second, and then they're gonna hit us out of nowhere with, "Look, we could get we could get the uh, we could get the episode nine name reveal this week. I could be this could be a pointless conversation because by the time we publish this on Tuesday morning." By Wednesday, yeah. yeah, the 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 title has been revealed because um, they it just kind of comes out of nowhere, right? But um, yeah, much like a lot of the news that yeah of late, just kind of just there's been no rhyme or reason, or days or events or mm-hmm. anniversaries. It's just been dropping, and and I think too, like like you're right. There's we only have a couple episodes left, and then we're gonna take a you know you got the winter break for Star Wars Resistance, so. Yeah, there's not going to be nothing out there as far as Star Wars related, which is an odd thing to think of when there's nothing going on through the holidays, um, through the new year, which would be, like you said, an amazing time to really start the, uh, I guess, snowball rolling for episode nine and get that uh, marketing push started, just like they did with Force Awakens. I talked about this before. I I, kind of wish they would just do the same thing that they did with Force Awakens, really get us talking uh, about episode nine early um, do that trailer and, and obviously we're going to get something at, uh, like you said, uh, the convention. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just, man, I, I think a lot of people are just, I mean, like you said, just, everybody just wants so much that anything like this George Lucas thing, just eat it up. I mean, and it, and it came from, I, I want to say it's something like comic 
book something or what I thought at the time when I clicked on it was somewhat reputable uh, source. But man, this can't. This is like the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Like, where are they getting this stuff now? It's like I just don't. I mean, yeah, like you said, it'd be kind of cool to see George Lucas come back. I don't know if we want him like directing or, or anything like yeah. that, but getting the story would be awesome. Um, and have him there and maybe people helping him along with it uh, would be kind of cool. But uh, just, yeah, some bizarre stories, along with a lot of like crazy rumors from episode nine. I mean, you can go search them and it's just the last few days, there's been two or three articles about who this person can be and who's cast and who this, I don't want to go into it because it could be major spoilers if it turns out to be true. But I mean, it's, it's out there. And, but none of this stuff, like we really love to talk about stuff that's confirmed. And until we get that, it's, it's just a lot of it's a lot of fluff right now until it gets confirmed. So yeah, kind of a wait and see kind of thing. But other than that, I guess there's really nothing else going, Mike. Uh, anything else? I mean, I I think that that's it. I think it's time to get into this episode, which is actually a pretty good one to talk about. So let's oh, let's do yeah. that. Let's jump in there. Let's jump it. Let's do it. Calculate the jump, chop. <laughs> My boyfriend, Julie. Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Kenobi! Hand it over, Ewok. So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. So, we got the Platform Classic Mike, written by Kevin Burke and Chris Wyatt, directed by Justin Ridge and Stuart Lee, I will kick it off, Mike. Here we go. The uh, Platform Classic, one of the galaxy's most popular races, takes place tomorrow on the Colossus. But there's a surprise entrant, Marcus Speedstar, a legendary racer, and Yeager's estranged brother. Doza wants Yeezer to compete against Marcus, but he refuses. So, um, let's see. Do I want to continue, Mike, or do we want to stop here and... Let's um, let's let's continue here because uh, okay, uh, Marcus visits Yeager looking to repair their frayed relationship. I didn't come here to race, he says. I came here to talk. Yeager, however, will not forgive him. Later, just to prove a point, he decides he'll challenge his brother to race in the classic. Yeager is convinced that Marcus will be too afraid uh, to lose. Too sorry, too afraid to lose to accept the invitation. So yeah, now let's let's circle back. So. We we learn that uh, that this guy uh, Marcus Speedstar is mm-hmm. in fact Yeager's younger brother, um, mm-hmm. and uh, there's some sort of rift between the two of them. We don't really know what it is at this point, right? But uh, I we're gonna learn in this episode that it's uh, it's pretty significant. It's kind of a big deal. Um, yeah. That's kind of what I got as far as like yeah. the, the beginning here, the, the, the platform classic, it's, it's got a name. Uh, we've seen classic used in other types of races. Um, and I kind of relate this to, um, like the caliber of like, a like a Daytona 500 or, uh, a Kentucky Derby mm-hmm. or, 
uh, races like that where they're once a year, they're massive. Um, they're kind of like the, the creme de la creme of the sport. Uh, so this is kind of like that kind of thing for, for the Star Wars universe, for Star Wars Resistance, this platform. At least that's what it seems like because, one, it's a $100,000 or 100,000 credits to the winner. And also this thing, it, it, it's kind of like the Olympics in, in the fact where it brings, and they even talk about this in the episode, where it brings uh, a bunch of money to the economy of this Colossus. Mm-hmm. And Colossus is kind of like a little city, obviously. You know, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on here. So this race not only is just a great race to watch. I mean, you're going to have the best entrance in it, but it does a lot for this platform as far as bringing in uh, the economy and the money to help sustain uh, the Colossus and Doza obviously he wants Yeager to race in this thing. He wants to face him to face off against his younger brother because he knows how much of a draw that's going to bring. And uh, we find out Marcus is a three-time winner of the Five Sabers, which was uh, I did some little research here introduced yeah. in Bloodline, which I did not uh, I did not read Bloodline, but that is you know the kind of intertwining all the uh, mediums here together, books and and uh, TV shows. So that was kind of a, a cool little nod for people that have read Bloodline. And uh, yeah, obviously Marcus is famous enough that Tam and Kaz, they've heard of this guy. I mean, well, Speedstar, you know, it's kind of funny, the name Speedstar is kind of reminiscent of like a Skywalker, just a name. It's just, it's obviously a, a, not, a, not his real name, but his... It's like Tom Cruise or or Nicolas Cage or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's a cool name, you know. So a lot of stuff going on here, Mike. Any any other thoughts about what's what's happening and this platform classic? No, yeah, I mean, like I I, I said on Twitter, it's like finally a race. <laughs> um, I'm I was excited about this, right? But uh, I I I like uh, I like that instead of just getting a race, that we've got some stakes here. Um, and I, I find it very interesting <laughs> that even this far in, I like, um, I, uh, Kaz had his one race at the beginning of the season, but he hasn't like, he's not racing in this race. Um, and we have gotten some, some concept art out there that implies that maybe he won't race in the fireball later in the season either, that it might be somebody else racing in the fireball, somebody that maybe deserves to a little bit more. And yeah. I, I, so I, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm starting to think, I, I think that they have realized at this point in the season, at this point in the production, you know, two years ago when they started working on the show, um, that Kaz is not necessarily the main main character, right? This isn't. He's not a Luke Skywalker. He's not a Ray. He's not a. He's not an Anakin, right? Like that. This is an ensemble show, and that it's kind of about all of them. Because last week we got the episode that mostly focused on Tam. This week we get an episode that mostly focuses on Yeager, and um, and the show is much stronger for it. Um, and there's even a gag during the race where. Kaz knocks the pitroid off the ledge and it just, and then we cut underneath the, the, the Colossus and it, we see it falling and, um, oh. that yeah. happened. And I went, wow. So he's just there. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> like at <laughs> first, yeah. when you're first watching the show, you're like, Oh, I think Niku is their Jar Jar. And then as it goes on, you're like, no, Niku has actual funny jokes. 
and then it, then the show continues, and you're like, no, it's Kaz. It's definitely <laughs> Kaz. Like he he is definitely. Um, I mean, like Niku is also comic relief, right? But but Kaz, like it's like that's really the only thing that he's kind of got going for him at this point in the story. I think once we get into the Starfighters stuff, maybe maybe in the second half of this season or or into season two, that he'll start to 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 shine there. Um, but, but I think where we are right now, as long as we're sort of grounded as we have been, it's like, well, everybody else is way more interesting than this Kaz guy. Um, Mm -hmm. he's still good. And I, I like, I like him. He's a good character, but, um, I don't know. I think I just like, we've talked about this a lot. I just think he needs a little bit of maturing in order to, in order to carry the show as much as they wanted him to early on in the season. But now now that they're relying on the other characters and especially this week with really relying on Yeager and going into his story, I feel like maybe they actually like they, they relied really heavy on the story, but they didn't actually give his, they didn't give this story enough time to breathe. In my opinion, I think it was a little bit too quick and it was a little bit too clean and tidy by the end of it. But Mm -hmm. going into how Yeager lost his family and, um, I mean, like, it's weird because they never explicitly say exactly what happened. But, mm-hmm. like, you tell me. Like, it, well, I got yeah. the feeling that, that Marcus's stunt with the hyperfuel caused a wreck, and that wreck killed Yeager's family, right? That's, I, that's what I got at the end. Like, in yeah. the middle, he's kind of glossing over, like, he got into a wreck, and then at the end he does it kind of comes out that okay yeah he's talking about during the race right during the race yeah. right exactly yeah i got that same okay same. okay yeah so we're on the same page then cuz like yeah. i was watching last night and i was like following along and i'm like okay so marcus did something and because of that yeager's family left him but they're out there somewhere right and then you get further and it's like he, he'll never get them back. Okay, well, mo- this must have been serious. And then in the race, it's like they're gone. And you're like, wait a second, are they dead? <laughs> like they're like they're dead, dead. Like it's Marcus's fault that they're dead, dead. And and I like that that kind of becomes clear by the end. And it's like kind of at that point that then Yeager turns around and goes, I forgive you. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Cause I'm just catching up to the fact that Marcus <laughs> killed your family yeah, inadvertently, well. but like also through negligence and poor judgment. Right. So it's like, you absolutely have every right to be mad at him. Like you should be just as mad as you are, but, yeah. uh, but Hey, whatever, you know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, That's, I don't know. Like, yeah, it, it was it was interesting, and then, and then on top of that, you throw in the whole the whole Guavian Death Gang thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and Oplock and and all of that. But uh, yeah, there were a lot of stakes this week. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's like you said, it it, it kind of this is a character Yeager that I'm most intrigued about. So learning about him and his brother and and what happened, uh, I thought was actually pretty good because I really enjoy uh, the character of Yeager and. You know, it, it also, Yeager taught Marcus how to race. Uh, that's his younger brother. He taught him what, everything he knows. And they have this agreement not to, not to uh, race, race each other, if I remember correctly. But uh, And it's also kind of hinted at the beginning that Marcus is not there just to race. 
He's actually there because he's trying to make good to mend his relationship with Yeager. Uh, and it takes a little while to get there, but that's another reason why he's actually there, not just a race. So, uh, And you talk about the Guavi Death Gang. Here we go. Uh, while Marcus is famous throughout the galaxy, not everyone loves the star racer. He's in trouble with the Guavian Death Gang, who takes Marcus's loyal mechanic, Oblock, hostage. They will not return him until Speedstar pays his 20,000 credit debt. So, again, uh, we talked about this. Marcus is a celebrity racer. Like He walks mm-hmm. into the to the bar there and hey it's marcus speedstar so he's kind of a he's kind of that guy's the guy but he has this guavian death gang debt twenty thousand dollars they're angry obviously they're they want their money they're angry with them uh apparently they he destroyed one of their ships on rishi so they take oblock which is his mechanic they take him as kind of an insurance thing or, or a ransom type thing just as Yeager announces that that he's actually going to race too, so like, oh here we go, Yeager's in this thing. Marcus has high stakes; he's got to win this race because he's got to pay off his twenty thousand dollar debt. So we got a lot of a lot of uh, stuff going on here between Yeager, Marcus, Guavi, and Death Gang. It's all coming together. Mike, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Uh, shortly thereafter, Yeager asks his brother to race. He's shocked when Marcus agrees. Speedstar needs the money, and if Yeager won't forgive him, he has nothing to lose in racing his brother once more. So, I uh, yeah, Yeager kind of bets and loses in this, yeah. and I love, I love the moment when uh, Yeager's like, "Well, wait, I wasn't serious before," and Kaz goes, "Hey, once you've challenged somebody to a race on the Colossus, you're like, you're in it. Like, there's no backing out," which is what happened to Kaz in in the first Set- episode, right? So. Um, yeah, I loved that turnabout. Um, it was a good, it was a good moment between those two characters. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I remember that too. It's, uh, yeah, he's, Kaz is basically calling him, calling Eager on his stuff. So that's kind of cool, you know, and, uh, Eager is going to give, uh, Marcus Kaz, his, his quote unquote best mechanic, which we all, (laughs) nothing farther from the truth there. So it's kind of a funny play with 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 Kaz and and him trying to work on the ship but he ha- has no idea what he's doing and i gotta say too like the ships um really cool designs obviously you know uh, marcus's ship that has a purple coloring and and you had yeager's we finally get to see Yeager and what he's been up to in his ship so it was kind of cool to to see those ships really cool designs obviously um Kaz goes to talk with marcus speedstar our speed star tells of how he and his brother used to race for a living. But Marcus was so determined to win that he once cheated using hyperfuel to juice his racer. He wasn't ready for the power, however, and ended up clipping Yeager's ship. It ruined their relationship. While Marcus needs the money, he really just wanted to see his brother and try to fix things. So we get this um, – we get the information on why – or what happened? We talked about a second ago, Mike, about him clipping and using in the hyperfuel. He didn't know how to mm-hmm. use it. Uh, obviously, it goes crazy. I mean, we've seen what hyperfuel can do already, and uh, obviously, wasn't able to handle it and made some bad decisions there. But uh, also interesting here is is um, they talk about uh, like why they started racing. So after the war with the Empire, the military downsized. Uh, yeah. We all kind of know this. Um, and it's like, okay, now what do we do? So they started racing for a living and it's kind of like got that obviously episode one pod race vibe as they're going through the, uh, we'll get to the race here in a second, but, um, 
it's almost like to me, I kind of took this as a commentary on, on life in, I guess in the military. Um, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you spend all your years doing something and then either your time's up or the war's over or whatever. And it's like, okay, back to normal life. Here you go. And, and this is something that I'm kind of dealing with right now as my son is, uh, getting ready to leave the military. Uh, he's not going back in, but he's getting ready to leave. And it's that, you know, transition from military life where pretty much everything is kind of taken care of, you know, they feed you, they house you, um, and you do the work, you know, and it's, it's kind of set up pretty good. And now after four years, it's like, okay, thank you for your service. Uh, here you go. You're, here's your papers. You're good to go back home. And then you kind of come back home and go, and this is not my son. He's got plans and everything, but I can understand where people are like, okay, wow. You know, that's my whole life. Now, what do I do? Mm -hmm. Get back. And, and there's reasons why they have, I finding this out now, it's like, they have classes before you get out of the military and they, yeah. they go through weeks and weeks of training on uh, how to do a resume and what are your plans and how do you get a job? And there's a lots of things to get these people ready to go back into the normal society. And I, I just kind of took that. I don't know if that was maybe close to home, mm-hmm. but that between Marcus and Yeager and why they got into racing was kind of like, oh, kind of, maybe something there as far as a commentary on, on life in the military. So that's kind of the way I took it just cause I'm kind of involved in it. But yeah, uh, for sure. like on that, as far as these guys, I mean, they're in the military and it's over, you know, the empire's mm-hmm. defeated and now what do you do? We, well, we race for a living. This, this is what it is. So I just wanted to kind of point that out. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that they were definitely trying to relate that to, to like a real touch point. Um, and I think one of the interesting things about the time between episode six and episode seven is the fact that it is peacetime. There is a there is a the war continues for a little while after the Battle of Endor, but it's what like two years after the right. Battle of Endor that, that Jakku happens, and then once Jakku happens, the Empire is done, and the New Republic has already been formed, right. and and starts to sort of bring order back to the galaxy, right? Like like justice and and um social justice even ooh scary uh yeah. it's almost like luke skywalker is a social justice warrior uh <laughs> just to throw that term back out there i yeah um but it is interesting like uh, you know we we've heard some stories already in the expanded universe stuff about like what wedge does after the battle of endor and and uh, after the battle of jakku and all that sort of thing and um in the aftermath trilogy and such and um and it is it is interesting when you've been fighting your whole life like think about a character like cassian andor who like he says in in rogue one he's been he's been in this fight since he was six, right? Like imagine what it would have been like at the end of the war with the empire to be that person. Imagine what it would have been like to be an Imperial soldier. And that's kind of a bit of the story that we get in, um, in star Wars battlefront. Right. So we've kind of got all these different perspectives. And then here's a guy who, like, he was a pilot for the Rebellion slash New Republic. Good guy. 
Um, and then the war ends and what are you going to do? What are you going to do with those skills that you learned during yeah. the war? And, and, and he becomes a racer and Han Solo's story in the bloodlines novel, the one where we learn about the five sabers. Um, it, it's very much a similar story. Like Han Solo was a general <laughs> in the rebellion. And before that he was a smuggler. And before that he was a, scrum rat right like right. he yeah. his whole life has been fighting mm-hmm. what do you do what do you do when the fight is over right and uh and so it is interesting to see a character like eager who very much uh, uh embodies that and you know learn more about his story and and uh and obviously you know he's one of the he's one of the ones i think that got out of it in pretty good condition right like he becomes a racer he starts a family he you know like we don't necessarily know all the timelines on this stuff right but but presumably you know that's the way the things go and then and then this stuff happens with marcus and it kind of throws his whole life into into chaos into disarray right and he ends up on the colossus at the sort of far end of the galaxy Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what to do yeah and it's and I mean like there's a certain aspect to it where you can tell he's kind of taking in strays, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's a really interesting aspect of his character that hasn't really been explored yet, but that is obviously there. Where he's, you know, there are other there are other racers, there are other people doing stuff on the Colossus, but here's Yeager, who a guy who Poe Dameron trusts. Um, and I'd love to get more of their backstory. I'm sure we oh. will at some point. Yeah. Um, and, and he takes in, he takes in Niku, who is this sort of like off color kind of weird. I, I just kind of left of center. Um, I, I, he's a Nikto, right? Um, and I, most Nikto are kind of they They tend to work as, as thugs and gang members, right? And, uh, and here's this one that like, he's kind of sweet as can be, um, and very innocent and almost like kind of needs protecting to a certain degree. Right. And Yeager, although he's got this gruff exterior, he takes, he takes him in, right. Oh, you, he's part of his crew. Mm-hmm. And then there's Tam, who's this racer who's down on her luck and, and, uh, uh, has to work as a mechanic in order. And so that she can save up and, and buy her own racer one day. And there's Yeager again saying, okay, well, I guess that this is your place. And then here comes Kaz <laughs> and, uh, and he's got yet another one. Right. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I think that that's, uh, I think it's really interesting. Cause obviously Poe sees that in him and says like, this is like, Yeager is going to be the guy he's going to take care of you. Right. Even if he doesn't want to, he's going to do it because he's a good guy. He's a father, and I, I, you know, that's something that that I don't think would go away. I can't can't imagine. I don't want to imagine, but um, I'm sure that you you would agree that like once you're a dad, you're a dad, like, and it doesn't matter. And some people, some people are dads before they they even have kids, and I I think I was one of those people. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas you know you're kind of telling all your friends how they should live their lives and giving them unsolicited advice and. Uh, uh, making bad puns um 
so some people are just sort of born to that. Right. And, uh, and it doesn't go away. And I think that that's, I think that sort of, we're getting, we're getting a little bit of that subtext, uh, with this character that he is, he's got a penchant for taking in strays and, uh, and, uh, and protecting them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I would love to for them to explore that a little bit more, but I think this episode kind of gives us a lot of good background to support that that idea. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead, Mike. There's some more here. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, after they talk, Kaz seeks out Yeager. He implores him to forgive his brother, but Yeager still refuses. Because of Marcus, Yeager lost his family. Now it's time for the race. Uh, here we go. You go ahead. Continue. Continue this. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, the platform classic begins. The racers zoom from their starting positions and must complete three different phases, an obstacle course, a climb into space, and a powerless plummet back to the surface. At the end, the brothers are neck and neck, and Marcus acknowledges that Yeager deserves a win, but Yeager pulls back. You need it, he says. Marcus speeds to the final ring, winning the race. So uh, the race itself I thought was interesting because um, – Obviously, this classic, the platform classic, seems like it's different from the other races that mm-hmm. uh, that they do, where it, it talks about here yeah. three phases where you have this, you go through the rings, then you do this atmosphere climb, and then finally this free fall type of thing where it's actually the most dangerous part of the race where you kind of, you have no power until, uh, I believe they have to go through the ring. Is that what you got through this when yeah. the power comes? Okay. Yeah, yeah, they got. Yeah, they have to on the on the free fall, they lose power and then they have to steer with like uh, mechanical steering, right? No powered steering, um, no thrust, and they have to basically like a powered glide almost. Right. Um, not even a powered glide, but like a but just like a just like a momentum glide from the outer atmosphere and and hit a target that's just big enough for maybe two ships to pass through at a time mm-hmm. which is pretty i mean that's pretty crazy right like that's that's yeah. oh, that's yeah. pretty nuts that's- they all hit the target except for uh griff right yeah um and because like so th- this is i want to know more about the mechanics of racing on on Castellan and and sort of like what the rules are to this game. It's a little bit like Quidditch, but like like mm. it's mm. like made up. It's it's a it's imaginary, but you need to have rules in order for us to understand where the stakes are. Because when Griff starts shooting at 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 Bo Kevel, it's like, well, is he allowed to do that? Yeah, it's, I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you. It's unclear, right? Like, is Griff is Griff breaking the rules? Is he doing anything he can to win? Um, yeah, because I was thinking the same thing. I go, is that part of the race where you can actually yeah. use? It? It's almost like they can use these ion type. Where yeah, kind of just because because if that's yeah, like because if they're allowed to, then how come everybody's not doing it? Right. 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 Um, like, cause then it's like Mario Kart, right? Where it's kind of, you're fighting and racing at the same time, which I'm fine with. Like, that's cool. You just have to establish whether or not that's okay. Or whether like, we're supposed to look at, at Griff and go like, like, so like the way that I read it right now until we have more information is that it's not against the rules, right? but it's definitely frowned on. 
Like it's definitely like it's sort of it's not a very honorable way to win the race. Like like nobody if you just shot everybody out of the sky with those ion blasts, um, no one would cheer for you at the end. It's kind of almost like a professional wrestling type thing. Mm-hmm. And 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 Griff being the Imperial former Imperial pilot, he's kind of the heel, right? Yeah, like he's kind of playing the, the little bit of that role. But again, we just we don't know enough about these racers. It's right. there's so much to this world. And I feel like we have barely, 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 barely scratched the surface. But we're getting piece by piece. We're getting we're getting little bits. Yeah, I thought that for me, I thought, OK, it must be OK, because you didn't hear anything as far as the announcer going, hey, mm-hmm. illegal shot or. Uh, nothing was said about anything illegal as far as the race. Yeah. So I thought, well, okay, I guess this is kind of bizarre. You can actually use your weapon somehow, but nobody else was using it. So yeah. I think maybe you're onto something where it was just, you know, him kind of the Saboba type character kind of cheats. Yeah. Uh, if you try to win. It, yeah. It, and it, yeah. it might also be the sort of thing that like it's allowed, but, but you can't, you don't want to cause, you don't want to cause a wreck. Right. So you're not going to shoot into the middle of a pack. You're going to maybe shoot at the person in the lead or um, mm. like the only reason that that Griff doesn't shoot at Marcus or Yeager at the end is because they're they're They aren't powered. Right. But he does try and mess with yeah, Marcus's yeah. ship. Right. It's a knock him off course. Yeah. yeah so. So I don't know. I think that like maybe that's maybe that's that's part of it. That like he sees an opportunity to take Bo Keevil out, and he does right mm. because Bo isn't like he isn't deep in the pack, and so he knows like well if I take him out here, he's not going to clip one of the rings. He's not going to clip one of the other fighters. It's a clean shot, right? So I don't know. Like I think that's just where like like we just need more information, mm. and it's where so the show's getting better. I'm going to be really, I want to be super, super clear about that. I'm getting more invested every week and I'm starting to enjoy it more and more. And, I, and I'm glad about that because for a little while there, it was like, I don't really even know if I want to keep watching this, mm-hmm. but we're getting, we're, it's, we're building now. Right. And it's, it's getting better and better and better. Um, the last three weeks have been great episodes. So I'm excited about that. What I'm upset about now, because I don't have to worry about the show, what I'm really upset about now is the way that Lucasfilm is treating this show as how as compared to how they treated Clone Wars and especially how they treated Star Wars Rebels. We got uh, Rebels Recon every week, and it was like a what like a ten minute, ten sometimes fifteen minute sure. show dedicated to that week's episode, and then. With resistance, we're getting this terrible, terrible EPK stuff. EPK stands for electronic press kit. But like these are like bad promotional blurbs mm-hmm. for like a, a for like a, a crappy Sony animation movie. Right? <laughs> not one of the good Sony animation movies, but like one of the like not not even like Sony, like like one of those like weird ones, like that weird Red Riding Hood movie that what was it, Hoodwinked or whatever I think it was called. Like those types of movies, like mm-hmm. it's that sort of and like the thing that's frustrating about that isn't the level of quality; it's the fact that we know what 
Lucasfilm and Lucasfilm Animation can do and what they've done in the past. And I know that, that the production team is busy with Star Wars show, but I mean, like for the last couple of years of Rebels, they were doing both. Right. And I just feel like uh, Resistance isn't getting it's not getting the same kind of treatment that that Clone Wars got and definitely not the kind of treatment that Rebels got. I feel like Rebels really, really got treated well. Oh, for sure. And Resistance is almost on the same level of like one of the Lego shows where they're like, yeah, it's a thing that's on. Right. Right. And we're not getting we're not getting the Pablo questions. We're not getting although I I think there may be a whole other reason for that, Um, which like it's just that's so upsetting that we don't. (sighs) It, It breaks my heart every time. I, I, Pablo doesn't answer a Star Wars question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it used to be that we had this great resource, this great person um, who serviced the fans like nobody's business and like who was here for us. And then The Last Jedi happens and it just everything unravels there. And it's just, it's, it's so upsetting yeah. what, yeah, what <laughs> the fandom has done. To Pablo, because he doesn't, he's he he never. Nobody deserves to be treated the way that he's been treated. And I know that it's always been there, but like it just got so bad in the last year. And it's a shame because like we he used to answer our questions, and they were real answers, and they were helpful answers, and they it's the sort of stuff that we're asking right now. I want to know the mechanics of racing in Star Wars Resistance. What are the rules of the platform classic? The person who knows the answer to that <laughs> won't talk to us anymore because a bunch of jerks bullied him. And that's, and it's like, they just, people just, and, and, and to be really clear, I don't think that's anybody listening to this podcast. I hope it's not anybody listening to this podcast. I, I hope that our audience is better than that. And I, and I tend to believe that they are because, because you guys, at least those of us, those of you that interact with us are rational, calm, um, awesome people. You may not all like the last Jedi and you don't have to. Matt doesn't really like it that much, but <laughs> you know, but, but we're all still friends cause we all still love star Wars. Um, and we can treat each other with respect. Right. But it just, it kills me. I hope that Pablo is working on, a book that comes out in between season one and season two so that we can learn more about racing on the Colossus. Like I need, I need this information. I need these, we need visual dictionaries that tell us all of this stuff that we didn't ask, but need to know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on those, on that other thing though. I don't really even watch the bucket list thing. Um, I just kind of watch the episodes and and go Yeah. The buckets list, it's not like it's a little bit of behind the scenes, but it's not very in depth. It's very surface stuff. Sometimes it's like, yeah, we know that the Guavian Death Gang is a reference to The Force Awakens. Now, buckets list the actual article on StarWars.com. I don't, I didn't watch the video this week. I just read the article because, um, because I, I didn't get a chance. I just had a chance to read it as I couldn't watch it while I was at work, but I could sort of sneak a read. Um, so I don't know if the video dropped this hint or not. The racer this week was actually supposed to be Han Solo. 
in in early when they were breaking the story really early on but they switched it out for marcus so that they could give yeager a little bit more of his backstory which is fine i'm fine with that but i think i said a couple weeks ago it would be really great if han shows up and racing and whatnot right yeah i think what i if i had to guess we're too close to the force awakens han is figuring out how to get wrath tars right now right like han's making a deal with the guavian death gang and uh uh kanji club uh right now he's telling it to kanji club at the moment uh, it's good to see Han doing something like this um, at his, I guess, age in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is relatively close to that. And I, I don't know if that, I could see him doing that in, in Han Solo, the when his standalone movie, like yeah. when he was younger. But uh, maybe that's. Well, he, he raced after after the Battle of Jakku, right? Like, that's where, mm-hmm. like, during Bloodlines, when. when when Ben is young, he's off racing, right? Uh, or not in, in like before Ben is born, I think. Yeah. In Bloodline, yeah. Bloodlines is Leia pregnant in Bloodlines. I think so. Yeah. 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 And then in Last Shot, Ben is like two years old, right? Two or three. He's like two or three. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's just like he's that that that's the point in the story where like he's not racing anymore because he's got a kid, but he's also like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Right. He doesn't know. Cause he's got to be out there in the galaxy doing stuff, but, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. For sure. So yeah, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I agree. Like, I feel like he kind of aged out of it at this point. It would have been a little bit weird to have him racing, but, yeah. um, but it would be cool to see him, but, for sure. Yeah. But when you said that, I was like, wow, I, I did not, obviously maybe I should have. It also, it, it also contradicts there's a story in um I think it was Poe Dameron Annual the last uh, Poe Dameron Annual number 2 the, se- the the last one that they did mm. before Poe Dameron finished that has Poe and and Black Squadron doing something and and they actually cross paths with Han and Chewie um mm. but I don't know when where in the timeline that is because it's not trying to think uh yeah i don't remember i'd have to i'd have to crack open that comic and take a look but um so maybe that kind of contradicts and and you know like there's a bunch of different stuff like that but um all that to say that the race was pretty awesome (laughs) yeah yeah that's kind of where we're at we're kind of the race is over or the race just finished and uh yeager obviously we get to see his flying prowess and and how obviously he's He's a stud at this, and even after dusting off some cobwebs, that he uh, he has a chance to win this thing, but he mm. doesn't. But uh, go ahead, Mike. You want to finish it off? Yeah. Uh, Marcus pays the Guavian Death Gang, and they release Oplock. The debt is paid, and there's even some money left over. Back at the hangar, Marcus and Yeager embrace. It's good to have you back, brother, Yeager says. After Marcus leaves, Yeager tells Kaz that he was right. It's important to forgive people, he says. When you don't, nobody wins. So it's a, this is a good episode with a good message, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, great action. The race was a lot of fun. I want to see more of that. I want to mm-hmm. see more from these individual racers. Um, it needs to. They need to get a little bit more Mario Kart and a little bit more wacky races in there. And we need to. I really think that we need an episode that is like a long haul race where 
the characters like the whole 22 minutes is a is race it? Yeah, okay. and go. we get to learn more about the racers that's i i don't know like that i think that that would be really that would be really useful they should do like uh they should do like a around the planet race or something like that where like where this is like i i they got to figure out something where like they have to refuel part way through and like there is like support ships and stuff like that and everybody's kind of <laughs> Yeah. Like it's a it's a much longer haul, more of a marathon than a sprint, because the races that we've seen so far are really short. And I want to see more racing, and I want the characters to come out right. I would love it to get that and to get sort of like the banter back and forth between the aces. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, just a thought. Yeah, no, no that, that's that would be actually something different and kind of yeah. set up a bit, go opposite. You have all these short races now, you have a, a super long race. But, but you said it too. As far as the end here, it's kind of like that was kind of the message of the week. Is like, hey, forgive those who have wronged you. Yeah. Um, especially when they're trying to make up for it, uh, and you don't have to forgive them immediately because that kind of Yeager does this thing where he goes. He, I think he says something like. I'll forgive you, but I'm not ready yet. Or he, he, he it's going to take some time, basically, what you're saying. Open yourself up to their attempts to kind of uh, make peace, even though, which is, we talked about this earlier, I think we're on the same page where we think, like, yeah, it was it was uh, Marcus who is responsible for the deaths of, um, mm-hmm. of his family, his wife and, and daughter. So it's, that's a huge thing to, to get over. It is, uh, yeah. I, so, and I, I, I think oh. that when Marcus is telling Yeager, like, look, like I loved them too. Like they were my family too. Yeah. Right. right. So I think like, that's when Yeager kind of clicks and he goes like, he never, he just hadn't thought about it that way. He'd only thought about it from his perspective and, uh, and, and had sort of just focused on it in that sense. And then here's Marcus telling him like, no, like this, like it it's painful for me to think about it. And it's like, there's a good reason why the two of them, they probably could have worked this out sooner, except that Yeager disappears. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that's a big part of it is that, is that it's been so long because Yeager just disappeared off into the, into the outer rim. Right. Mm. So, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, a decent episode. Um, Yeah. You know, I saw a, a, I think it was somebody posted some. Actually, it was um, Stephen Satin. He posted something about. Uh, I guess I think it's Rotten Tomatoes has the score now, and yeah. critically, this show they put it at something like a ninety-something percent, which I thought was kind of high. But I think the audience score is more a, a more realistic score, and maybe a score that I'm kind of that where it's around a seventy something audience score which is actually pretty good i mean if you talk about it in grade it's kind of like a c uh c c minus c plus whatever you want to say as far as a grading kind of system Mm -hmm. um that's kind of i think where i'm at right now where it's like obviously it's not it's not trash or anything and it's not it's not uh an a show right now where i think you know rebels went to in certain episodes i think that obviously the clone wars is is kind of up there um this show for me is kind of around a c i think that's a good not i don't want to say it's a good spot i'm just saying that's right now it's where i'm kind of feeling out the show i think it's like a c show right now and once we get who's we'll see what happens with the rest of the year or the rest of the season mike and 
hopefully this thing, it does kind of what it's been doing, slowly kind of ramping up a little bit here and there. We'll see what happens with the second half of the season. So uh, I don't, any any other thoughts on this episode or, or uh, we want to skip to the mailbag? Yeah, let's jump into the mailbag because we got, we got a couple of responses uh, over on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Rebels Podcast. And uh, Mark uh, Ferrier, I hope I'm saying that right, Ferrier, Ferrier. Uh, my favorite part was anytime the amazing visuals and ship designs were on screen, so I didn't have to listen to characters talking. That is definitely I like I I, I wanted to include that because it is sort of a valid criticism. I think um, I think it's getting better. I think the show's getting a lot better by leaps and bounds every week. But mm-hmm. I get where you're coming from, Mark. Um, I'm, I'm, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was right there with you. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then Kyle, our very own Kyle Avery from over on star Wars, the saga continues says, uh, the KOTOR music playing cantina music playing in the background at Aunt Z's, uh, he's, that was his favorite part, but that was also one heck of a race that free falling from space space part was pretty dang cool. And I agree with you, Kyle. Um, it was pretty cool and good catch on the KOTOR cantina music. Ah. I would not have noticed that, but Kyle is the resident KOTOR fanatic. Um, that, that guy is obsessed with KOTOR. <laughs> I was um, going to say, dang, that was a great pull. He's talking about that's the, a uh, heck of a pull. Yeah. Cantina. Yeah. I was like, yeah. dang, yeah. Kyle with pulling out the, uh, the serious reference or yeah, big for up sure. Kyle on that one for sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's always love to get comments on uh, on and feedback on the show, and it's always thank you guys, Mark and Kyle, for chiming in there. Um, yeah. Anything else, Mike? Before we get to next week? No. I, uh, what do we got next week? You go ahead and read read. So uh, what's up, uh, uh, secrets and holograms. Uh, when a determined cast tries to discover the truth about Captain Doza, he and Tora. And embark in an adventure where they uncover more about the tower than either bargained for. And we got uh, Elijah Woods coming back, uh, and Donald Faison is also coming back as uh, Jace and uh, Hype Faison, respectively. So uh, we'll get those uh, two guys back and show those. Uh, we've had Elijah Wood, uh, Ruckman, mm-hmm. in a couple episodes ago. Um, kind of the, uh, I don't know, friend that turns out to be not a friend, but we'll see what happens with. Uh, yeah. With that, hi Faza. He's pretty cool. I like him. Uh, be good to see them back. So I guess this is this one, and we got so we got next week, and then one more, and then we're on a break. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So get ready for uh, next week. Will be another sort of standard episode, but then the week after that is going to be the one to to really uh, get get hyped about because we got uh, uh, Poe and uh, uh, Captain Phasma in the same episode. So. We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen there. But and the um, pretty, pretty cool note, it looks like. So looking yeah. forward to that. That's it, Mike. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest uh, Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. You can also head over and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, on Twitter at rebelspodcast, and on Instagram at rebelcells. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. I'm also on Instagram at arkwolf. Um, And you can follow Matt at the crankster. Uh, that is Crankster with a K on Instagram and Twitter. Um, 
And you guys know we're part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. And if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com and picking up some merch. And then uh, also by uh, by heading over to patreon.com slash thunderquack and, uh, and shipping in over there, which people have been. Uh, there's been a bit of an uptick over there on Patreon. I notice. I appreciate it. Uh, we, we appreciate it. And, uh, and we're going to try and put out um, more regular content. So um, there might be some sort of more like uh, uh, behind the scenes and not behind the scenes, I guess, but like um, just sort of like off topic chatter, definitely from Amanda and I, but, but I, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Just, we'll just kind of like when things are worth talking about, I'm going to try and put together people and we'll talk about them a little bit more like what we used to do, um, back in the early days of, of Thunderquack on Patreon. So, um, so if you want to hear that stuff, uh, you can get the exclusive Thunderquack podcast. You can get access to the Facebook group, um, and you can get other, other goodies at higher levels, but, but the Thunderquack podcast, um, any exclusive podcasting, uh, you get at at a dollar, and um, and I'm gonna try and kind of like put up at least like one or two. I'm well, like at least one thing a month, but maybe like two or three. Um, uh, if we uh, if we end up having other topics topics to talk about, but uh, uh, head over to Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack to check that out and support us over there. Thank you to everybody that does. We appreciate you. And uh, that's it. That's it for this week. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with Secrets and Holograms. Mm -hmm.